It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day, every day. All right, everyone, we welcome you aboard. Good to have you with us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. It is episode number 177. I am your host, Chris Russell, uh, and we are back. And away we go. Another jam-packed show filled with lots of random content as we kind of trend to do at this time of the year. We'll have another skin spotlight for you coming up at the end of the show and as well a bunch of different things. We'll talk more about Antonio Brown. Uh, We kind of mentioned his uh, cousin, Marquise Brown, on the last episode, episode number 176, in which we put... Um, Stacy McGee uh, under the skin spotlight. We talked about Doug Williams and veteran quarterbacks. We're also going to mention Jacoby Brissett uh, as a potential trade acquisition for a quarterback uh, as well. We're also going to talk about some potential salary cap cuts uh, and all of that good stuff. But I wanted to start here with something that we're going to talk about on the next episode, episode number 178, more in detail. Uh, but It is something that I stumbled across recently after Mark Garagos, the attorney for Colin Kaepernick, did an interview on CNN uh, about his client after he settled his collusion case along with Eric Reid with the NFL on Friday. And I did not hear this. uh, And, of course, it did not make a lot of headlines uh, as part of the interview. But it was pointed out to me, and then I went back and I reread and I listened, uh, and it does ring true, and it does bring out an interesting element to this. So I wanted to start here. Garagos told CNN's Anna Cabrera that he believed that Carolina, the Panthers, and the New England Patriots were among three teams that might be in the market to sign his client within the next two weeks. Garagos made a vague reference to a third potential suitor. Now, what's interesting is that third potential suitor is a team that he also mentioned as a former coach. And this is where I wanted to kind of bring up the Washington Redskins with. Did he mean Jim Tomsula? Again, it was a very, very, very vague reference. And I don't want to jump to conclusions because he could have possibly not been talking about Jim Tom Sula. But it is possible that he also was talking about Jim Tom Sula from the standpoint of, well, was he talking about his former head coach or was he talking about a former coach? I don't know. Because, again, it was very vague and generic. But the bottom line is, it is possible that he was talking about Jim Tom Sula, 
who was his head coach in Colin Kaepernick's final year in the NFL. Now, Jim Tom Sewell, as we know, is a Redskins defensive line coach. So, again, he would not be making this decision for the Washington Redskins, but clearly he is absolutely capable of offering an opinion and helping Jay Gruden and helping the Washington Redskins make a decision if they were to be interested in Colin Kaepernick. Now, are they interested? That's what we're going to discuss on the next episode here of the Locked on Redskins podcast and if it would potentially be a good fit. I wanted to bring that up just in case something happens in the next 24-ish hours or so uh, that Mark Garagos and um, the, the lead attorney for Colin Kaepernick did at least bring up and make a reference to a third NFL team besides Carolina and New England and a reference to his former coach. Again, he did not say his former head coach. As we know, Harbaugh is at the University of Michigan. That was his only other former head coach, so it is quite possible he was talking about an assistant. We don't know. We don't know. But it's possible he was talking about Jim Tom Sula, who, again, is with the Washington Redskins. All right, and that brings us to the Jacoby Brissett situation. And you might be saying, hmm, who? Well, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, I was going to bring him up when we talked about veteran quarterbacks on the last episode, again, episode number 176, but I cut him actually out. I did uh, record uh, him into the episode, but then for time uh, and for other reasons, I, I kind of went back and I and I cut it out. Jacoby Prezet is an interesting um, and intriguing option if he were available from the Indianapolis Colts. And I don't know if he is. Apparently, the Indianapolis Colts have turned down a trade offer of a second-round pick previously. For Jacoby Prezet, uh, they traded a late first-round pick in Philip Dorsett to get him from the New England Patriots to be their starting quarterback at the beginning of the year two years ago uh, when Andrew Luck was basically going to be lost long-term, and he started, I think it was 15 games for them that year. And, of course, he started a couple of games for the New England Patriots while Tom Brady was suspended a couple of years ago in his rookie year. Jacoby Prezet is a guy that certainly has a high upside in that he is mobile, in that he has good size, good height, good mobility, um, certainly a good frame. The problem is he is not very accurate. He is less than 60%. And the reason why I bring him up is, yes, you would have to trade for him, but he's going into the final year of his deal. He wants to be a starter, clearly. He wants to be a starter because he's entering the final year of his contract and he'd like to get paid. And that's understandable. It doesn't mean that the Indianapolis Colts have to do that, but also while the Colts realize they probably are going to lose him for nothing at the end of next year. Maybe they draft a quarterback realizing the ultimate potential, and maybe once they get their quarterback, then they trade him, meaning after the draft. So maybe the Redskins 
don't necessarily get their quarterback or the quarterback that they desire, then they trade him. And maybe they trade him for a pick next year, meaning in 2020. See, that's how this could potentially work out. And you might say, well, Chris, you're kind of crazy. You're kind of coming up and cooking up theories here. Eh, Not necessarily. First of all, he would only count $2.1 million roughly against the salary cap. That's nothing, uh, especially if he's the starting quarterback, right, going into, again, the final year of his deal. Uh, He didn't play much at all uh, in 2018 because Andrew Luck was back healthy and so good. But in 2017, he played in 16 games. He started in 15. He threw 469 times. Again, sub-59%, threw for uh, just under 3,100 yards. You know, look, he's a 2-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio, 13-to-7 there, not great. 52 sacks behind a horrible offensive line. Now, that's clearly also a sign he holds on to the ball too long, but 52 sacks, not good by any stretch of the imagination. Four rushing touchdowns. Eight fumbles, three lost. In New England, he started two games, played in three, 34-55, so a much better completion percentage in a different offense. Josh McDaniels there, 61.8%, 400 passing yards, so all of that good, higher average. uh, No touchdowns, no interceptions, six sacks, so a little bit better there. Uh, A 83.9 rating. And a 5.2 average rushing with a rushing touchdown. Three fumbles, only one loss. So, again, he's got some experience. He's cheap in terms of the cap. He's going into the final year of his deal. To me, this certainly makes some sense. I would probably say, for me, this makes more sense if you're the Indianapolis Colts and if you're the Washington Redskins after the draft as opposed to before the draft. Uh, If they were to cook up a deal In this regard, meaning if the Redskins don't get the quarterback that they ideally want in the draft or maybe even before that in free agency, if they can find somebody that they ideally want at the price that they want, uh, and if the Indianapolis Colts get their potential backup quarterback for the future, uh, realizing that they're going to lose Brissett anyway, uh, maybe they can work out a deal in that regard. Just wanted to bring that up as a potential possibility. All right, coming up, we will have our skin spotlight as well. I want to go through some potential cuts and the top NFL 50 free agent list from Pro Football Talk. That's all still to come right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 177. Good to have you aboard right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, we are back. Good to have you aboard with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. You can make sure you follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins on Twitter. You can follow me individually at WrestleMania621. And make sure you follow at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net. And hey, while you're at it, make sure you tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on Redskins. Podcast Locked on Redskins. 
All right, so I wanted to bring this up from The Athletic recently from my buddy Tariq El-Bashir. He wrote this column a couple of days ago, uh, and it's in conjunction with Joel Corey, who is a salary cap expert, a former NFL agent, and he uh, also works, I believe, for CBSSports.com still. Uh, And, you know, clearly everybody's starting to look at how the Redskins can start to create salary cap space and try and create some operating room. The Redskins have you know, roughly, roughly about $17.5 million uh, worth of cap space. Now, of course, part of the reason for that is they're stuck paying $20.4 million in cap room to Alex Smith, who's lo- very likely not going to be able to play in 2019, and that's just the start of it. It could be more than that, depending on what – the ultimate settlement to that is it could be just that, but then they could be on the hook for more in 2020. Now, the league year starts March 13th, so let's get to a couple of moves that the Redskins could make based on Joel Corey and courtesy of Tarek Al-Bashir, and certainly these uh, make sense. Stacy McGee, a rotational defensive lineman who just quite honestly hasn't exactly worked out here Uh, is certainly on the chopping block. McGee could save the Redskins $2.28 million, and Corey points out that he would not use a post-June 1st designation. Uh, He would take the full uh, cap hit now and save um, and and just cut him right now. Again, the the cap savings would be a $2.275 million savings, and the dead money, according to OverTheCap.com, would be just shy of $2.4 million. Again, the numbers can be a little bit loose depending on what website you're using, but to give you an approximate number, that's what we're looking at in terms of Stacey McGee. So, and I, by the way, agree with that. Uh, I don't think Stacey McGee, who we profiled in the Skin Spotlight uh, in the last episode, uh, as we kind of touched on, is doing enough to justify uh, his spot. And it's not only just about this year, it's also about the salaries for next year and the year after that. This is going to be an interesting one, Zach Brown. Zach Brown has a $8.75 million cap number. The Redskins would save $5.75 million if they were to cut him. They would have a $3.0 million cap dead cap hit. Uh, Again, he didn't start towards the end. He graded out very, very high, according to Pro Football Focus Premium. Joel Corey suggests to try and trade him first, try and get something for him, but he says most likely it'll be a release. I say not so fast. Rob Ryan is the new Redskins inside linebackers coach. He coached Zach Brown in Buffalo to a Pro Bowl year. I'm going to say, hold on here. Maybe just maybe, just maybe, the Redskins and Zach Brown could work something out with a $6.75 million base salary. Maybe they could trim that a little bit. Maybe he would be willing to take a little bit of a pay cut, convert it into some sort of a bonus, something so that they could spread out the money. I don't know exactly how that would work. I'm not smart enough uh, to figure all that out. Here's what I am smart enough to figure out, that Zach Brown is talented enough, skilled enough, athletic enough that with the right connection with the coaching staff and the right coach that believes in him, that maybe, just maybe, he is not ticketed to the cutting room floor. 
So I would say hold on and don't exactly count on that just yet, even though that's a significant salary cap hit if he's on the roster and nothing is done to the contract. I would think it's more likely if he stays that there's a reworking of his contract and more likely a pay cut or a restructure into some sort of bonus type thing or likely to be earned incentives. And again, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. I'll let Eric Schaefer deal with that. Vernon Davis uh, is 35 years old. He doesn't block well enough. Uh, Jordan Reed, in my opinion, should stay. Uh, The Redskins would save just shy of $5 million. Maybe you can talk him into potentially taking a pay cut, uh, as Joel Corey suggests, again in The Athletic with Tarek El-Bashir. You cannot afford to take a $6.3 million cap hit for a 35-year-old second tight end. Please, Uh, this is uh, a bad third year of the deal for Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis, I'd be stunned if Vernon Davis is on the Redskins. So clearly, you can save some money uh, there. Corey suggests restructuring the contract of Morgan Moses for cap relief, uh, in his words, of $2.96 million. He says, quote, that was the one guy, uh, that's the one guy I would definitely restructure. Again, I haven't thought enough about this scenario. Certainly, Morgan Moses has a bloated salary at this point. He's honestly banged up a lot. Uh, and certainly, I would be somewhat in favor of that. Here's what I know. The Redskins don't restructure contracts. They allow guys to take pay cuts. They do not generally restructure contracts. Uh, as far as I know, in terms of Bruce Allen's leadership uh, over the nine years that he has been here in terms of the traditional restructuring. Uh, Corey and Tarek El-Bashir suggest extending the deal, of course, of right guard Brandon Sheriff going into the final year of his deal. Uh, that would give them a cap relief of $7.5 million because, again, he's playing under the fifth-year option. If they extend Moses early, they say, um, or if they extend Sheriff early, uh, that will give you more room uh, and, they say, a $13 million-ish salary on a five-year extension. The Redskins could essentially get to right around $40 million uh, on a um, – salary cap space. Now, they didn't really specifically get to Josh Norman, and clearly that is an area that I think the Redskins should attack. There is absolutely no need for Josh Norman on this team. The Redskins could save $8.5 million. Uh, they are not loaded in terms of big-time talent at corner, but they have plenty of depth there and plenty of young guys. And I'm sorry, Josh Norman is not good enough. He gave up eight passing touchdowns last year, plenty of yards, plenty of yards after the catch. Uh, He is a pain in the butt to deal with. Uh, To me, I would absolutely, even though the secondary was already weak, it was weak because of safety and because of injuries to Quentin Dunbar uh, and youth. To me, I'm cutting Josh Norman. All right, that is going to leave that right there. When we come back, Skins Spotlight and Top 50 Free Agents. Where do the Redskins rank on it, according to Pro Football Talk? And then we'll put the icing on the cake right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard with us. It is episode Number 170.
7 right here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys. We welcome you back. It is episode number 177 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. So let's get to it. On the top 100 list of free agents available, according to ProFootballTalk.com. And there are several Redskins listed, and we'll start at the very bottom with number 99. And that's Adrian Peterson, the Redskins running back, accounting for 1,250 total all-purpose yards last year. Number 99, 34-year-old running back Adrian Peterson. Number 96 is veteran offensive line, soon to be 34-year-old Ty Enseki, who can play both tackle positions and as well can kick inside and play at left guard, and he started the last couple of games uh, at left guard. Then we move all the way up into the 60s, and we have two Redskins back-to-back. First, at number 61, Haha Clinton Dix, of course, acquired at the trade deadline from the Green Bay Packers, certainly struggled for the most part here, made some plays at times, uh, but certainly not enough. I think he's pretty much a must-resign because the Redskins have absolutely nothing. Uh, but the question is, is is he going to want more than one year, which is probably what the Redskins, I think, are only going to be willing to look at. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Who knows? Number 60 on Pro Football Talk's top 100 free agent uh, free agent list from 1 to 100. Uh, is Jamison Crowder, the Redskins' starting slot receiver. Of course, banged up much of the last two years, especially last year. It was never really right two years ago either. Jamison Crowder at number 60 on Pro Football Talk's top 100 list. So that's four Redskins on the list. Uh, And then you say, well, we haven't heard the name Preston Smith yet. Well, now you have. Number 13 for the Redskins edge linebacker, number 13 for Preston Smith uh, on the top 100 list, according to ProFootballTalk.com. So Preston Smith is held in higher regard uh, than most Redskins fans are going to because most Redskins fans are going to simply judge and media, uh, and they should be ashamed of themselves, quite honestly. They are going to judge solely by sacks. Listen. Preston Smith has continued to get better stopping the run. He gets pressure on the quarterback. He doesn't get enough sacks. We've got it. He's gotten better in coverage. He's not great, but I think Preston Smith is going to make himself a pretty good chunk of change on the free agent market. I think he's going to never completely live up to his potential or what people want him to be, meaning he's not going to be a 12, 13, 14 sack per year guy, but I think he's going to be 8, 9, 10, 12, or 11, somewhere in that range most years, and I think he's going to put a lot of pressure on, and I think as long as he stays healthy, and he has stayed healthy so far in his NFL career, he's going to be a pretty good all-around player. Is he going to be great, great? No. Is he going to the Hall of Fame? No. But is he going to be a solid starter who, for the most part, again, and he stayed healthy in his Redskins career? Yes. 
Uh, so that does it for Preston Smith. All right, now, in our skin spotlight right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, as we wrap things up here, we're going to put Pernell McPhee under the spotlight um, just before we get out of here. Uh, and the reason why we're doing that is we're trying to kind of spread it out between some of the big-name players who made a huge impact and some of the smaller role players. Pernell McPhee, a free agent edge linebacker, who, of course, was brought in veteran presence. He's 30-plus years old uh, and, again, was signed as a free agent out of Mississippi State uh, and played with the Chicago Bears after initially starting with the Baltimore Ravens. I actually thought Pernell McPhee at times certainly flashed. Played 203 snaps, 73 against the run, 117 against uh, the uh, as a pass rusher, 13 in coverage overall. His defensive grade out of 100 was 68.4, according to ProFootballFocus.com and their premium subscription package, 61.2 against the run, 53.5 tackling, 73.5 as a pass rusher. So that's pretty good, 61.9 in coverage. And this is what I was talking about. On 117 pass rush snaps, 15 total pressures with eight quarterback hits, no sacks, but seven quarterback hurries and one batted down pass. That's not bad. Uh, He had 10 total tackles, three um, missed tackles, so that's a little alarming, six stops, which, again, is negative yardage or no yardage uh, at or beyond the line of scrimmage. Uh, He was targeted in pass coverage two times, allowed two completions. Obviously, that's not great. 36 yards, 18 per carry. 28 yards after the catch, a long of 32, no touchdowns, uh, and had two penalties. Again, overall, Pernell McPhee was certainly a useful player in a very limited role. I would say him and Ryan Anderson, again, played a little bit more, uh, I believe, than Ryan Anderson off the top of my head, who played, I want to say, somewhere around 180 snaps uh, as a backup edge linebacker. I would say this, if Pernell McPhee wants to be here, I wouldn't be a opposed to bringing him back. Uh, I don't know if he does want to be here. I would assume he's okay with being here. Um, I don't know what his market would be, especially if they're not going to bring back Preston Smith, which I don't think they're going to, as we kind of just discussed. Uh, I would think Pernell McPhee might even have a bigger role next year uh, as the primary edge backup linebacker to Ryan Kerrigan and, again, uh, Ryan Anderson. And who knows, maybe he's even the starter uh, if, Uh, they don't like how Ryan Anderson has developed, and maybe Ryan Anderson is the backup. Who knows? Uh, And, of course, they draft somebody. So, uh, Pernell McPhee is a guy that I would keep an eye on moving forward uh, as we go throughout this offseason for the Washington Redskins. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 177. Thanks for being with us. I am your host, Chris Russell. Again, make sure you follow at Locked Redskins and as well me on Twitter at WrestleMania621 and the entire Locked On Podcast Network for NFL coverage from all of our local podcast experts and local hosts at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.